Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like Him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. Psalms 36. If you're just joining us today for the first time, we're in week two of a series called The Christian Atheist. And so you might say, well, Carl... What is, what is a Christian atheist? Well, an atheist, what is an atheist? An atheist is someone who doesn't believe in God, right? So they live their life as if God doesn't exist. That's what an atheist is. That's the definition of an atheist. They don't believe in God. A Christian atheist would be someone who believes in God but lives as if he doesn't exist, And so last week we talked about, I believe in God, but I I don't know him. And so we we invited those last week to, to come to know him better. This week we're talking about, I believe in God, but I do not fear him. Um, Next week uh, is going to be a a great week. We're going to talk about, I believe in God, um, but I don't go overboard. Like, I'm not going to give him... Every, I'm not going to go all out. So I believe in God, but I'm not going to go overboard. And then the last week, I really hope you invite some people, bring some people with you the next couple of weeks. This is going to be good. Um, I believe in God, but I do not trust him fully. Right? Um, and so you know, once uh, our building and grounds folks are out of town this week, so <laughs> I see a bunch of you like, it's freezing in here, Pastor. One, I wanted to keep you awake, but two, also, I don't know why it's this cold. It is very cold in here, and I'm so sorry. Uh, just bundle up. Uh, so Psalms 36. Psalms 36, and we'll read this together. Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God. Everybody say fear of God. At all. Very good. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Now, uh, a Gallup poll says 94%. of Americans believe in God or, or some type of universal spirit. Um, and and, 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 and out of that 94, about 75% of them believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. But would you say that 7 out of 10 people you run into act like Christians? No. No. And, and I'll be honest with you, you'll be hard pressed to really find people even within these walls that nail it all the time. And so... 
someone who believes in God but lives as if he doesn't exist. And in this particular Sunday, we're talking about believing in God but not having, uh, but not fearing him. Have you ever heard that term, the fear of God? Have you ever wondered what that means? Quiet crowd. Nobody has ever wondered that. It's okay. It's all right. We'll wake up eventually. Um, But fearing God is what we're talking about today. And really, um, if I last week we we talked about cultural Christianity, like I believe in God, but I don't know Him. This Sunday we're going to talk about. Everybody say customized, customized Christianity. When I grew up in Charles City, Virginia, we got three flavors of ice cream. Vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate. And most of the time, they came in one tub with a handle that said Neapolitan. It was like $1.94 at the local grocery store. Well, when I moved out of Charles City County, I ran across this place called Baskin Robbins. You ever been to Baskin Robbins? Okay. How many of you like ice cream? How many of you don't even want to be here this morning? Some of y'all are acting like it, I'll be honest. I'm going to ask my friends a question. What's your favorite type of ice cream? I don't know. Somebody got a favorite? What is it? Vanilla. Vanilla is my favorite too. And so when I went to Baskin Robbins, I thought I'll just get me a cone of vanilla ice cream. And I found out they have 31 flavors of ice cream. I have any kind of ice cream I want. It blew my mind. If you walk into a Starbucks, I mean, you can customize your ice cream. If you walk into Cold Stone Creamery, you know where they bang that thing on that, that, that cold plate, and they can make you whatever type of ice cream you want. We live in a customizable culture. And you don't believe me? Go to Starbucks. The person in line will spend five minutes telling that barista what they want to drink. Five minutes. I want a half-calf soy latte. Oh, yeah. These, we've got some guilty fingers here. Customizable. You even have customizable dating experiences. You can date. I can select on this dating app who I want to be with. I want him to be tall, dark, and handsome and, and like to serve the poor uh, on a horse um, all, going down the beach by Friday. Customizable. Sonic. Have you ever been to Sonic? Did you know? So if you haven't been to Sonic, Sonic has all types of drinks, okay? All types of drinks. And and they have 3.5 million different drink combinations. Did you know that? Customizable. Customizable. That is our culture. We get what we want, when we want, how we want it. And hear me this morning. Don't leave here thinking, Sonic, I want you to leave here thinking, is my Christian faith, have I turned it customizable because I don't actually fear God? 
What do you mean? Well, I mean, I want his love, of course, but not his wrath. I want his mercy, but not his judgment. I want, I want God to pour his blessings on me, but please do not discipline me. The Christian church has turned into a place where we think God has a bunch of options that we can pick and choose from. So we have this scripture here in Psalms that the Lord laid on my heart for you to hear that sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God. So what do you think sin whispers? Sin, sin probably whispers um, go ahead, God will forgive you. Uh, everyone else is doing it, you might as well. I'm not as bad as most. Go ahead, live a little. Oh, you know you've heard it. You can believe in God, but don't go overboard. Okay, go to church on Sundays, but Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, it's whatever. You can get into heaven, you can slide in that way. They have no fear of God to restrain them in their blind conceit. They cannot see how wicked they really are. This is what happens when you start to customize Jesus. When you start to customize God, all of a sudden, you feel convicted less. Because you start to make God what you need him to be, not who he is. It's a dangerous place to be. And, and in many cases, I, I'm not, some of you are probably just going to awaken to this this morning, that you have customized God, because you will execute very easily some parts of Scripture and ignore the ones that are weighing heavy on your heart because they, they may ask you to be different. What if this verse is talking about you? Everybody take your finger. Take your finger, point it up. There you go. Point it at yourself. Poke yourself right in the chest. What if this verse was talking about you? What if we have no fear of God to restrain us? What if we're blind to our own self-centeredness? If you came this morning and you're expecting me to preach, uh, to, to, to just pat you on the back for how good you're doing, I'm preaching the word of God to your soul for one purpose today, that you leave different. I'm not preaching this morning so that you can come and check it off your list that you attended church today. If you are leaving here the same every Sunday, I say it often, there are better hobbies. Okay, all right. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, tell them to calm down. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. Are. So let me, let me pause for two seconds and just say, when we talk about the fear of God, it's kind of a delicate thing. Um, in, in years past, the pendulum has swung one direction where it is fire and brimstone and burn. Get your fire insurance. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And just the preacher gets angry and he grits his face up and he, he, he yells at you. Trying to scare you into the kingdom. 
And so when many of us think fear of God, that's what we think. Some grimacing pastor that is telling me I'm going to go to hell. Well, in more recent years, it swung the other way. That's called legalism. Everybody say legalism. It has swung the other way recently where it's called, everybody say license. I can do whatever I want. Jesus is going to love me anyway. I'm going to live my life however I please. His grace will cover me. So let me, let me just encourage you to, to, to when you look at the fear of God, the, the judgment of God is a very real thing. But it is incomplete all by itself. The grace of God over here is a real thing. But it is incomplete by itself. There is this middle ground where, where did, didn't the Bible say that Jesus came in, in, in grace and in truth together? We live in a society that's so customizable that we believe in God, but we don't fear. We live our lives like we don't fear him. Um, so what is what is the fear of God? How are we going to define it? And if you want to fill this out, you can fill it out in your notes here in the bulletin. And what we're going to say is that loving God plus respecting God equals fearing God. Let me say it again. Loving God plus respecting God equals fearing God. When I um, was in high school... I, I was a church junkie. I wasn't a Jesus junkie. I was a church junkie. There's a difference. And uh, the pastor at the church I went to, his name was Pastor Terry. Uh, pastor Bowden is what I called him. But a lot of people called him Pastor Terry. And Pastor Terry saw the call of God on my life. And so he would invite me to go out with him visiting and so I would spend week after week, in high school, this is what I did in high school. I would go on Thursday nights with my pastor, I would go visiting. And what developed was this love for one another. But even though I knew that he loved me and I loved him and it was warm and it was fuzzy, there were experiences that I got to see while he was visiting that caused me to respect the office that he held as the pastor. So yes, there was love, but there was also this respect for him. Now, if you multiply that times a gajillion and think about the Lord, yes, I, I love the plans God has for me, but I respect that he is the creator of the universe. I love him as my savior, but I respect him as the just judge I love him as my father but I respect him as the God that controls the seas and the storms that at the very word that comes out of his mouth life comes and goes seas calm Storms cease. 
So fear isn't a bad thing. I don't want you to leave today thinking that uh, fearing God is something like you should be scared of him. But loving God and, and respecting God together equals fearing God. And, and in fact, um, it's good for us to fear God. The Bible tells us um, there are blessings attached to the fear of God. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Have you ever wanted wisdom? Have you ever wondered what direction to go? You, do you just wish you could see things differently? You know what, where that begins? Fearing God. Proverbs 14, 27 tells us the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Fearing God gives life. And then in Proverbs 22, 4, true humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Fearing God isn't just something that is, is a box to check, but it benefits you to fear God. And probably, um, and I think when we talk about the fear of God, the litmus test for it. The litmus test to see, how well do I fear God? Am I fearing God? Here's how you know. Everybody say, how do you know? When I fear him, I will obey him. When I fear him, I will obey him. In the best story, who likes stories? You like stories? Yeah, raise your hand. It's fine. All right, I like a good story. Let me tell you one. Genesis 22 tells us this story of a guy named Abraham. All right, let's, let's play a game. Jacob, come here. Come here. Everybody welcome Abraham. He was the first beard I saw. All right. I need another. All right, come here. You're big. You're a big boy. Come here, big boy. Are you, you big boy? This is, yeah, he's 15. Can you believe that? Don't make him mad. Listen. Abraham, curse, uh, Heather, come here. Come here. Okay. You can sit right here. You can sit right here. No, no, not you. Just you. You come over here. This is Sarah, Okay. Abraham and Sarah, come over here, sorry, I might see you. Okay, all right, that's good. Abraham and Sarah um, wanted a son. They could not have one. Tried for years and years and years. Got to 100 years old. That's old. Non-Bible days, but it's pretty old. 100 years old, and they still haven't had a child yet. Uh, they even went, tried to go around it. So, so Abraham, um, Sarah said, why don't you just use our servant and make a baby? Sorry, parents. And, and that way we'll have a kid. Okay? So they did that. That kid ended up being a heathen. Right? You know that tension we have in the Middle East? That's where it originated. That's not a joke. That tension in the Middle East? 
disobedience. Okay, that's another sermon. I won't go there this morning. But listen. They had a son. So so Heather got pregnant. Praise God. I'm not speaking anything this morning. I'm just, it's a story. It's just a story. They had a son. His name, he didn't come out this size, but his name was Isaac. Thank God. Praise his name. Listen, what God had promised them, promise, 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 he fulfilled in Isaac. And this is what happened. This is what happened. Uh, You can go sit down, Sarah. Thank you. Abraham has the son he's been waiting for. You can come over here. Stand next to daddy. This is the son Abraham has been waiting for, and this is what God says, I want you to sacrifice, I want you to kill him for me. Well, that's exactly, you know, Jacob just said, see you later. Um, And that seems nonchalant, but Abraham said, yes, Lord. So they went, they traveled up a mountain. I don't have a mountain for you to travel up. I could go up the stairs. We'll just play it out, play it out. We get up here to this mountain, um, and Abraham, Isaac figures, says, his wheels are turning. He says, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Abraham says, you're it. No, Abraham said, God will provide a sacrifice. Okay, that's what he said. But by by the time Isaac is bound up, On the altar, I think he figures out what's going on here. I'm not going to tie you up. Don't worry. And I can picture it. I can picture it. Abraham takes a knife. You guys can go sit down. Thank you so much. He takes a knife, and he's about to take Isaac and sacrifice him. And an angel, and this is what happens in Genesis 22, 12. An angel comes out and says, do not lay a hand on on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you, what? Fear God. Because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. The greatest, if you're, if you're taking notes, please write this down. The greatest evidence of the fear of God is obedience to God. Not partial obedience, not like, okay, I'll do some of it, not a delayed obedience, or I'll just do it when I want to, when I get around to it, but full, complete, wholehearted obedience to God is what shows God that you have a reverent all in fear of him. A fear of God that's that's not, I'll serve you, but I'll stop, but I'm but I'm gonna keep sleeping with my girlfriend, or I'll serve you, but you're not gonna get my tithe. Um, I'll serve you, but I'm not gonna go to the mission field. I'll serve you where I want to serve you, but not what you may require of me. 
And my fear today is that many Christians live more of a customized Christianity of I'll pick and choose what I do. You saw the guy on the video. Sundays are for Jesus, but the rest of the weekend, that's for me. This whole thought that I'll give God the parts I don't care about. But don't ask me for things I don't want to give up. Last question. This leads us to a question today as I get ready to close. In what area of your life are you not fearing and not obeying God? And the tie-in question to that is, what are you going to do about it? As we get ready to sing and pray and you get to go about your week, my heart aches this morning that we would somehow live this halfway hearted, this half-hearted, I'll say I believe in God, I'll say I'm a Christian, but by the way I live my life, no one would know that I fear God. By the decisions I make, no one could tell I'm different. And some of you might, some of you might be thinking this morning, well, what does that matter? And I'll tell you that it matters to God. And I'll, I'll be transparent with you in that I lived the majority of my younger years this way. Where? I would obey God when it was easy and when it conflicted with my desires, I would ignore it. I grew up in a home where, you know, church was something we did on Sundays, but it never translated throughout the week. We didn't have a God-centric home, we, we just had a God-centric front. And what it led to was a Carl. I think James in the Bible, in the New Testament, James, the brother of Jesus, says it best. Uh, a person that doubts is like a wave of the sea that's tossed to and fro. That was my life. Because I doubted that, I, I doubted that God actually was who he said he was. And so I lived my life that way. I didn't have this fear of him. And so you fast forward to now. Let me tell you, let me, let me just give you a picture. Fearing God has been the source of joy for me. A source of stability, loving and respecting God has created in me a confidence 
and a peace that when people look, they're like, how do you keep it together? Have you ever seen those people that are riding through turbulent times? And you're like, wow, they're just, look, we have so many, and we're gonna, I'm going to pray for them today. Um, ben and Joe Hopkins are, Ben is a trustee and a deacon here. Joe is a deacon here. Uh, Joe lost her father last week, a couple weeks ago. Went to the funeral. Um, 98 years old, lived, they lived a long time knowing each other. Um, what, a, what a specialness. And in that loss, you, while you saw the pain of his absence, what you saw in his family was the solidarity and firmness that faith kept amongst them, that this legacy he left. Um, Harold Buckland, who is also a deacon here, his mother passed away yesterday. Um, and then we had Wayne Mullins who passed recently. We're going to pray today for, for those who, who are suffering loss today. But let me just speak to your heart. I encourage you to love and respect him more today. Yes, love him. That can be easy. It's easy to love God um, on one end because <laughs> he sent his son to die for you. Loving and respecting God on the other end where he requires you to give up things that you don't want to give up. Pride, lying. I don't know what it is for you. I know what it was for me. I had a bad anger problem. I was, I was an angry dude. Have any of you ever seen me angry? No. I get excited up here. God's word excites me. Uh, my wife has probably seen me angry once or twice. I know Macy has. But not like I used to be. I was angry to the point of sinfulness. And fearing God, loving and respecting God, fixed my heart. I stopped pointing at other people, and all of a sudden, when God repaired the wounds, when God repaired, He called me to be a better man than I was. He set a standard before me. All of a sudden, my life took different shape. So if you're wondering, does the fear of God really matter? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it matters. Kirsten's going to sing. And I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you want to pray this morning, I'm here to pray with you. If not, just think on the Lord and how you might fear Him more. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.